0: Time now for our business news with our business editor, Giles Beckford. Kia ora, Giles, and it's, it looks like the service industries are getting a pre-summer lift.
1: Ah, Kia ora, Tumani. Yes, uh, activity in the services sector at its highest level in nearly a year and a half on the back of open borders and the return of tourists. The BNZ Business NZ Performance of Services Index rose 4.2 points to 58.6 in August. That's above its long-term average, indicating a faster pace of expansion. Survey also shows a big lift in new activity in sales, while orders and business and stocks and inventories are also at multi-year highs. BNZ senior economist Doug Steele says the numbers have some mixed signals in them, but at first glance overall, it's positive.
0: Service sector firms seem to be getting more demand on a daily basis. The activity indicator very strong, but also the prospect of more coming with the new orders index up to 66.5, which is well above average. But I should note it's not, it's not all one-way traffic. There is, um, on the demand side, you look at the retail trade component uh, and it's relatively weak down at 33, in fact quite weak for one month. So it seems like there is still a lot of noise in the data as there is in a lot of the economic indicators uh, that we monitor. So you want to be a bit careful reading too much into one month, but at face value it is quite strong.
1: Doug Steele says New Zealand's uh, services indicator shows that we're strong compared with others in the world. Australia's expanding at a slower rate, and in Europe and the United States, their services sectors are in contraction. Financial markets are set to remain volatile as investors fret over the long-term inflation risk. Markets have been in turmoil for much of the year as central banks around the world tighten monetary policy to combat soaring inflation. NICO Asset Management's Global Equity Fund Manager Ian Fulton says investors in New Zealand and around the world are still adjusting to the new economic realities and markets are yet to hit rock bottom. I think there's a little bit to get through and I think those longer term inflation expectations are what we need to keep an eye on. Um, the good news is that we're a long way through. Um, and we've adjusted to the multiples and the valuations that we're paying in the market at least reflect a good deal of that shift. Um, so uh, we shouldn't get too bearish. Also, you know, banking systems uh, around the world are in very good shape. They're well capitalised, certainly compared with what we saw in the GFC. Um, so we don't think that this you know, has the potential or the, the likelihood to become a systemic issue. It's more of a cyclical adjustment in valuation and just reflecting that new reality with slightly higher inflation. Ian Fulton says in a post-pandemic world, companies that can improve efficiency in healthcare will be highly sought after. Well, new research indicates central banks will struggle to tame inflation if governments fail to rein in spending and borrowing. Academic paper from Johns Hopkins University is timely, given the new British Prime Minister promises to cut taxes and borrow up to £100 billion to subsidise high energy bills. However, economists are warning that plan could further drive inflation beyond current levels of more than 10%. Reports co-auth- co-author Francesco Bianchi says the economies are heading down a dangerous path if central banks and governments don't work together.
0: Because we could enter what we call uh, this uh, fiscal stagflation dynamics, for which uh, you have the central bank that uh, is uh, adamant uh, bringing inflation down, that is trying hard and it tries to increase rates, uh, push the economy Uh, cool down the economy. At the same time, you have a force uh, that moves in the opposite direction. And so you basically have that you keep uh, slowing down the economy, but at the same time, you're not really addressing the root cause uh, of inflation. That is a lack of uh, long run fiscal sustainability.
1: And Francesco Bianchi says ambitious plans such as transitioning economies away from fossil fuels should still be pursued by governments, but they need to be clear on how they plan to finance them. And of course, we have several, several, we have several uh, central bank re- uh, reports out this week, notably uh, the Federal Reserve Thursday morning our time, but also the Bank of Japan. And we'll get the latest minutes from the Reserve Bank of Australia as well for some insight into their future thinking. Let's catch up now on financial markets at the start of the week with Belinda Stanley from Craig's Investment Partners. Kia ora to you, Belinda.
0: Kira Giles.
1: Right. Um, obviously, a lot of attention on royal funerals and the like. But let's have a look at the financial markets. How's it started for local shares?
0: Yeah. Well, we've managed to eke out some small gains this morning. The S and P NZX 50 is up six points at eleven thousand five hundred and eighty-six. And stocks fairly mixed as we look through some of our leaders. We've got A2 Milk up two at 6.26. Auckland Airport they're up seven at seven sixty-eight. Contact energy up eight cents at seven ninety-three. EBOS up 19 cents at 38.24. Switch Buildings up three at five twenty-seven. Um Fish and Piccall Healthcare they're up ten cents at nineteen fifty-five. Spark's up one at five eleven. Uh, and we've got Meridian just down two cents at 5.09. So fairly mixed ahead of the Federal Reserve, which will be the biggest uh, bit of news out later this week. What's
1: it looking like in Australia?
0: Again, just tiny gains there, up four points. The S&P 6200 at uh, 6,742. Just some of those leaders there, BHP's up 10 cents at 38.14. Commonwealth Bank up fifty one cents at ninety four seventy two. CSL's down a dollar thirteen at two eighty four Got Rio Tinto up forty five cents at ninety two ninety. Telstra's flat at three dollars eighty, Westpac just up three at twenty one fifty six. Woolworth's up six at thirty four sixty six and zero's down forty nine cents at eighty three eleven.
1: Well, you mentioned the Federal Reserve there. It's been underpinning the U.S. dollar for a few weeks now. I'm assuming Kiwi is still on the back foot against uh, the U.S. dollar at least.
0: Yes, that's right. And Down against all our major trading partners today. Against the US dollar, 0.5995. The Australian dollar, 0.8912. Against the yuan, 4.193. The euro's at 59.83. And the pound is at
1: 0.5280. And that takes us to interest rates, oil and gold.
0: So those 90-day bank bills just up to... Lightly at 3.72%, uh, 10-year swap rates at 4.17%. Brent oil's at 94 a barrel and gold's up $3.00, it's $1,677.99 an ounce.
1: Thank you very much. That's Belinda Stanley from Craig's investment partners. A couple of other items of business news. Dairy company Sinlay Milk says it's completed two major projects aimed at slashing its carbon emissions. It's upgraded an electrode boiler that's driven by renewable energy to provide process heat for its milk processing units. It's also converted another boiler to use uh, biomass, that's wood pellets and forest waste. Previously, it was burning coal. Both projects have been part financed by state energy and decarbonisation funds. They're expected to cut the company's greenhouse gas emissions from the site by more than 40% over the next few years. And a warning of a possible scam from the Financial Markets Authority. It says local investors are being offered an investment in green energy bonds, supposedly being offered by the major French-based global bank BNP Paribas. The offer is advertised on the nzinvestor.com website. It claims that the offer is from the bank and its government insured. The FMA says BNP is not involved. It's no such insurance scheme in New Zealand. Investors beware. We'll bring you the latest news and numbers around half past five in Checkpoint, but for no money, that's business, Kiara.